Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 107 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my special guest today is Dr. Shelby. And we talk about how to get what you want. And we took a very unique perspective on this conversation that I'm very pleased to share with you uh, today. And specifically, we look at it not necessarily from the standpoint of manifesting your desires and, you know, things in those lines that we see out there, but we looked at it from a almost behind the scenes (laughs) version of it. And we started by talking about disintentions, which are essentially the things that get in the way of getting what you want and really dissecting that and understanding what does that actually mean but also looking at the emotional component of it. And Dr. Shelby talks about the three primary emotions that most human emotions are derived from. So I think that is very interesting as well to contemplate. And then we kind of looked into a process that she talks about how she actually helps herself and clients. Um, and I share my experiences of it as well. I was sort of processing through and dealing with some of those emotional quotations, roadblocks that you may experience that are in a way preventing you from being, feeling, and getting what you want. And also how to look at other areas of life, say career or relationship that you perceive a lot of success and accomplishments on and how to really translate some of the success in other areas, for example, possibly your weight that you want to see different results. This is a very interesting conversation and we really went into various different aspects of even the impact and how getting what you want could potentially, you know, put you in difficult situations with people that have different opinions of how you should be, feel, do, and have in life. So we really covered a spectrum of different angles on it that I'm very excited to share with you today. So let me properly introduce you to Dr. Shelby. Dr. Shelby is a neurostructural chiropractor in Waterloo and strategic intuitive coach. She works with leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, visionaries to uncover their blind spots to help them get more of what they want in their health, wealth, and relationships. Here is Dr. Shelby. Welcome, Dr. Shelby. It is a pleasure having you on the show today. Welcome. Oh, it's so great to be here. I'm so excited to see your face and just be with you today. Oh, likewise. And as always, like we talk for hours and hours and um, it's going to be really interesting to share some of your wisdom with our listeners. And I know you have such a wealth of knowledge and you have been very influential in my life. So to get us started, I love to hear from you. How would you define confidence? I think ultimately it's really becoming aware of who you are and then being who you are. And I think that is probably one of the most important things that you can do in life is really ask those like hard, challenging questions and also be present to 
what is it you love? Who, who are you? And, you know, what inspires you? And I think when you begin to uncover what that means for you and not just the layers of what other people tell you, you think you should be or should be doing, and you really just express who you are, I think naturally you have confidence. It's not even something you need to like wear on as a try on as a coat. It's like, it literally just is. It's like who you're being. And I think that really comes to knowing yourself and then, you know, courageously stepping forward and, and being yourself, speaking your truth and just being who you are. Oh, love that so much. And I'm completely aligned on the definition. Like it feels so true in my core. And I think what you said that I think is the very special part is knowing self. I think so many people work on that, right? There's so much self-help books and self-discoveries and all sorts of things. But I think the other piece of it is the actually being yourself, right? And I think that's where a lot of times the work is a little bit more for the, especially the listeners of this podcast is really detaching from a lot of those voices and authorities of what we should do and behave and look like and really step into that very authentic version of us. And yeah, and that is the work. And I think that's a beautiful definition. So thank you. For today's topic, I'm excited to talk to you about a concept that I think is going to be very you know, important for women to contemplate, which is how to get what you want. And yes, we focus mostly on physical health in this podcast, or at least confidence in the sense of you know, our physicality, but you know, all areas of life of, of great importance, right? So talk to us about that. Like, What does that mean to you to get what you want? I think one of the most simplest and yet hardest things to do just because of our upbringing and how we, how we're trained and programmed is the beginning step is to actually be present. And when you're present with yourself, and that is a practice in itself, you begin to see what you're feeling, what your emotions are, what your thoughts are. And when you bring it in the context of getting more of what you want and being able to be with what you don't want. You really become aware of when you're present, what your beliefs are, what your thoughts are. You know, oftentimes when I'm working with clients, they're like, I want this. And they're saying, you know, um, I want to be a CEO. I want to be a leader or a thought leader in this area. I want to have this type of financial success. I want this for, this is what I want my health to represent. And this is what I want my relationships to be like. And then when we, dive down deep to, well, what do you actually believe about that? Like when you think of actually getting what you want, what comes up and asking those specific questions can really reveal some of the uh, disintentions of what they're actually trying to create. Mm. And so it becomes really important to be present to also what you're intending to create. And at the same time, those disintentions that may actually be blocking you from taking that next step or actually believing you can get what you want. Mm, I love that. So talk to me a little bit about disintentions. Like define that. Let's start there. Like define what disintentions mean. Say we have, I'll start uh, defining disintention by uh, intention. So Mm -hmm. you have an intention. I want to release more weight. At the same time, there is also could be a disintention. I don't believe I can do it. I won't do it until I feel safe. I won't do it until I feel loved. I won't do it, you know, 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. And until you dra- address the disintention of what you're actually creating, how can you actually create and step into right. and maintain and keep what you're actually intended to? Mm, I see. So disintention in the sense is basically like limiting beliefs combined with fears and a lot of those counter forces. Is that correct? That keeps us from, like you said, believing that what we actually intend to have is actually possible for us. Is that fair? Yes. And there's another piece. Mm -hmm. So it's becoming aware of the thoughts, the beliefs that are creating those actions. And at the same time, the emotion that's attached to it. Mm -hmm. And it's the emotion, that emotional charge that keeps that, that disintention, that belief, that thought still present in the awareness. Yet at the same time, if we're not present, we may not even be aware of it. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. So let's talk about presence a little bit. And it's actually interesting. That was the word I picked for 2022. My one word was presence. <laughs> um, so for somebody that you know is listening to this for the first time contemplating this concept, what would they in a way do to feel this state of presence so that they can actually then contemplate what they're feeling and understand those counter forces? Awesome. So uh, very simple. Every single one of us has this. We don't need to buy it. There's an abundance of it. And that is uh, a simple way of connecting with your breath. You always have your breath. There's always more breath. There's no shortage. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is coming back and being present to your breath. That is one of the ways that you can cultivate and develop the habit of being present. And oftentimes we, you know, we say, Oh, you know, I don't want to meditate, um, or meditation is too hard. Um, you know, I have the thoughts, uh, that keep coming up and I can't stop my thoughts. I can't stop thinking. I can't stop, you know, all of these, these things that are happening in my mind. And that's not actually the goal. The goal is when you're breathing and when you're present to your breath, it's a natural habit of the mind that it's going to stray from the breath. The Whole practice is actually bringing yourself back to the breath. And by continuing to practice that skill, you end up developing and being more in the present moment. And when you dissolve those emotional charges, you're actually more present to your true self, your true nature, that innate confidence, that true being of who you are. And then you're able to make decisions and respond more in that sense of being versus all those different overlays of, you know, the emotions, the thoughts, the beliefs that maybe those disintentions from um, creating what you'd actually love to experience. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's a practice, like you said, that it's available to everyone, but it's something we cultivate, right? Which is the the beautiful part of it. And so with that said, so let's just say, you know, we practice being present so that we can actually start listening to those disintentions. The part that, you know, if somebody again is listening for the first time, that may be a little bit tricky to potentially untangle is what are those emotions attached to whatever belief systems we, we kind of come up with part of the disintention. So what would be some strategies that you have for somebody to actually recognize what some of those emotions are, if they are a little tangled up or a little convoluted? It's very simple and it doesn't need to be complex or complicated when you're practicing, getting present to your breath and, you know, uh, when I'm practicing yoga, sometimes this will come up when I'm really present, something I'm, I wasn't even aware that's on the surface and not even deep is 
there's three primary emotions. You'll have fear, sadness, and anger. And, you know, we have the spectrum of, you know, resentment and, and all of, all of the different emotions. And to be honest, actually labeling it isn't even important anyways. The whole experience is getting present, noticing what comes up, and then being and allowing whatever's trying to come up to actually experience it. Because we've been taught from a very young age and we've become masters at suppressing and feeling our emotions. Yeah. And if it, and even if your mind is challenged by the idea of feeling your emotions, you can even just think of, okay, when I'm present in my breath, what sensations do I notice on my body? Is it like tingling a pricking? Is it hot? Is it cold? Um, that is it. And it's very simple. The challenging part is allowing yourself to actually experience what is in the moment that's coming up without having the judgments and labels on it that we've been pre-programmed to have. That is so interesting. Hey there, have you heard of my new book, Release? A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming a Body's Best Friend? If not, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book. So go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now back to the episode. And I love the concept of using the body as a tool to uncover the mind, right? A lot of times we're so ultra focused on the mind and it even kind of makes me think of something that I was kind of contemplating even in parallel to this, but I think it's relevant now, the whole concept of blocks, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, like I've been doing a lot of work on focus, even, you know, with clients, instead of focusing on what is blocking us or perceived blocking us, focusing on what we actually want, and even yeah. like as health is concerned and all those things, um, what is your take on blocks? Like, is there a, a way to reframe blocks, meaning this thing that we cannot figure it out what it is, but it's mysteriously on the way? Great question. And so there's, I have a, a roundabout way of answering that question. So if I were to ask you, well, show me where your block is. Is it in your arm? Is it in your throat? Is it like, where is it in your body? It's kind of hard to be like, oh, my block is here, right? So at the same time saying, oh, I'm blocked in this area, people understand. So I've used that language before. Uh, But in terms of actually like looking at blocks, the easiest thing is get present. What are you noticing and experiencing in that moment? What that is, is as much as you need to know, because what the mind does is it wants to create all these complex structures uh, from actually, you know, getting to those feelings and, and working through those emotions that have, you know, been put in a, a nice box or blocked up uh, mm-hmm. away from feeling. And so um, I try to keep it very simple, not trying to create any complexity around it. It's just 
get present, breathe, feel the feelings, uh, allow what's coming up to come up and not add the, the mental structures around it. Cause a lot of, a lot of what they're even teaching in self-help, it's all these concepts and structures that, that people have their mental constructs. It's what people have created. And that's why I'm like, well, where is your block? That's a creation that people have said. Uh, there's no one person that's going to be like, oh, well, scientifically, the block is blah, 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 blah. Right? Yes. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Get present, breathe, feel, allow it to come up. Notice what beliefs or thoughts might be preventing you from getting what you want. Mm, I love that so much. And I think it is so freeing to think they don't matter, <laughs> right? Because very much like you said, we always try to make something so complex that I think because our brains love to categorize things, right? Mine loves to categorize things, label them, and then organize them into boxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So I love that, you know, it's almost like letting all the post-it notes flow into space. And that's beautiful. I love that. And I think that's a good segue to the concept of, you know, back to the initial concept of getting what you want, right? A lot of our listeners here are leaders and people in positions of power, very busy individuals that have a lot of areas of life well figured out, career and finances, family, but really getting to that alignment to their physical body is probably one of the areas that are the most challenging. Therefore, they find me on the podcast so talk to us about the importance of really developing all areas of life and not just maybe ultra focusing on <laughs> one or two, like talk about that on the context of your work. Uh, awesome. Great question. And uh, I'll answer this, this two ways. Cause I, I know you're probably on the same page. Let me know if you're not yeah. um, every area of life that you have, whether it's your money, your relationships, your health, they're all interconnected, right? And so when you begin to shift and transform one, especially around your beliefs, your emotions, that automatically has an impact on those other areas. And, you know, we know from um, working with uh, Dr. John Martini, when there's an area in your life that is disempowered, you are more likely to be um, overpowered by someone else right? They're more easily able to inject their values of what they think you should be doing in order to get what you want. So ultimately it comes down to really knowing yourself and really looking at the different areas of life, looking at where you'd love to empower them, get more of what you want and understanding and, and really checking in, being present. What are my beliefs in this area of what I perceive I can even have or get? Yeah. And would you say that by looking at other areas that let's just say quotations on this word, but that we perceive more success <laughs> and looking at what are the things that we actually believe that we can so easily attain and transfer that, for example, like one example I always use in my life is my belief in relation to relationship with my husband and the things that I just almost take for granted that I just deserve. Right. And then I look back into health, which has most of the time been my main challenged area. That's why I'm in this field and passionate about it. And I've been, you know, doing a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, what I believe in one area, what I disbelieve in another area, what is their take on, you know, those parallel comparisons? So when you really look at your life, nothing is missing. So if you're, say you're looking in your, your health and you're like, I want more of 
A, B, C, and D, right? Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that's an area where you're less empowered in. There are other areas in your life in which you are quote unquote successful, where things come easily, they come naturally. And often it's so easy uh, for us to have blinders on and look at other people who we perceive they have what we want and we don't have. Yet at the same time, they also have areas in which may not be as empowered as yours. And so that's where this thing of comparison, uh, when we're looking at other individuals, can really be toxic because essentially we minimize who we are. And at the beginning, we talked about like that confidence from within. It's like the most important thing you can do is be present, become aware more and more of who you are and be that and know what your values are, know where you have values and then continue to work on towards what you want. And at the same time, knowing you also have everything most likely in the form of your highest values. But what, absolutely. But what about in terms of the comparison that I was you know, thinking about would be more within self of another area of life that you have, let's say the ease of getting what you want. So let's just say from the beginning of the conversation that the desire is weight release, but that person has great success, their career and a great marriage. So taking some of what are the beliefs of, you know, that what worked well in those two areas and how to transfer that in that discovery of being present and discovering what you want. Does that make sense? Hopefully this time around, if it doesn't re-ask the question, it will So what I'm understanding is uh, if you have success in one area, how do you transfer that to that other area? Yes. And how Um, it helps you uncover those, you know, counter beliefs and all those things we talked about. Oh yeah, totally. So just getting really specific and clear of like, what are those actions or what are those beliefs that you have and the emotions um, that got you that success in that area? And then looking at, okay, well, this area where I perceive there's a gap in where I am and where I want to go, what are my beliefs? And am I applying the same principles from that area where I do have success? Because a lot of times, you know, we've talked about this before, there's basic principles uh, for life or specific areas of health, wealth, relationship that that literally are just consistent across the board, no matter what area of life you look at. So it's really becoming clear of like, what were those principles that you use, whether that's consistent daily action uh, and energy towards creating what you love, but then also doing it in that area where maybe there is a gap. Um, So I think it's really looking at, you know, what are those traits? What are those actions that brought me the success? And then bringing that into that other area. Did that answer the question? Yes. I love that. Looking for those traits, right? I think that's very much the question. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I asked it in a very convoluted way. Like I was just forming the thought in my head. As I was speaking. Um, All but good. But that's very interesting. And I know some people say, oh, the way you do one thing is how I do everything. And I've always agreed with it, but also disagreed with it because I think that is very situational um, and it depends on, you know, how aligned we are with what is most important to us. But what I said is interesting because by finding those traits and even thinking of myself as an example, I can see that no matter what area of life, I'm usually the one in control. I'm usually the one leading the pack, you know, so there's some specific force forces 
that in the areas that I'm not as empowered, I can see where sometimes I, you know, let go of the leadership and that control purposefully because I am fulfilling some other area. So it's very cool to identify it in that sense. I think that's a very interesting (laughs) way to do that. So thank you. And another question, something else you mentioned earlier that I wanted to come back to. I think it's going to be really cool for our listeners to start connecting some of those dots. You mentioned that all areas of life are interconnected, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say somebody is very successful in corporate, their career or, you know, business owner, lots on the go. And then there is say physical health, which is the area that they feel a little bit more disempowered on. How can we see the connection between the two areas? Mm, I think, <laughs> well, this will be the theme and the, the main principle for today is really being present and really noticing what's coming up, right? So oftentimes we think that, you know, our lives are separate categories, right? So it's like yeah. my health and going to the gym is different from me having a conversation with someone uh, in the office. They're all connected, right? And our environment is a direct feedback of what we are feeling, experiencing, believing internally, right? So trying to think of an analogy on the spot here and it's not coming to me. However, it you might have to help me out with this one if you can um, find an analogy, but everything is connected in our life. How we, who we're being, okay, I got an analogy. So back in the university days, do, do you ever go to the bar and you see, you see this guy or girl who's just giving off these like desperate vibes, like (laughs) just so like, I need attention. I want someone. I I just like, I need a relationship or, or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's coming from like insecurities within and just who they're literally being in the moment. Now, if this person, you know, walks into uh, another area of life, that way of being is still with them. Right. It's not like they're, they're not that person. Like, we are not different people. We are one person that in some ways we act one way, some ways we act the other way. And so really becoming clear and present and working through those emotions and those anxieties and insecurities um, in any area is going to have an impact wherever you are. I'm not sure if that really makes sense. Yeah. And we might have to even. No, that's a great analogy. <laughs> Because I think to what happens, so saying that example, right, that that person has those insecurities and they're, you know, seeking that. So they go to work and they're still the same person, <laughs> like you said. Um, and I think for some people, if they perceive that they have to behave a different way than what is truly their essence at the moment, then we put the masks and the facades and that takes so much energy, right? Just to yeah. present ourselves in a different way. But I think also what happens is that uh, especially like with the whole concept of professionalism and, you know, behaving a certain way that's expected of us. We add so many masks that sometimes you actually get confused of what is the actual, you know, authentic b- blueprint of us. Right. And I think there's such like, you know, emotional convolution that gets created by the disconnect between what is 
potentially expected of someone versus their true essence. Do you find that's true? Totally. Like it's it, like you said, each like mask you wear, like think of how much energy that requires. Like, who do I have to be in this moment? Who do I have to be in this moment? And once you begin to just remove the mask and be who you are and, you know, deal with those insecurities or, or things that are, are wanting or, or causing you to like, want to put up that mask. It's so liberating once you're able to actually just be right. And yeah. that confidence is felt everywhere by people, like no matter what scenario you're in, whether it's work, your relationships, um, your health, it's, it's, a, it's a way of being. Yeah. Hey there, are you a woman over 40 who wants to release excess weight, but keep self-sabotaging your progress? If you were tired of all the, all you need is more willpower advice, then I created just a free training for you. Set aside 60 minutes today and I promise you, it will be worth your time. I will go over the three main mindset shifts you need to make if you want to release weight for good, which does not rely on willpower. I will review to you why the strategies that worked in your 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore, and I will also show you which hormones play a big role in weight release once we turn 40 and beyond. This is a value-packed masterclass, and it is for you if you want to discover my step-by-step -step system to help you regain your energy, get rid of cravings, and get back into alignment with your body. And of course, drop some pounds too. All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training to watch this on-demand masterclass or just send me a DM on Instagram for the link at naturally.joyous. So again, it is naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training. And I think the number one fear, at least that comes to mind through my experience, and I think you and I have talked about this concept before a few times for ourselves in terms of, you know, the more we start stepping into that and that at a blueprint of ourselves, some relationships actually do fade away, right? Um, some people start to get a little, you know, I don't know, like feathers are fluffed up a bit. Like, what do you mean? You're saying no to me and things of that nature. And I think for myself, like the, the closer and closer I've gotten to being myself more honest, that's when I really discovered that the whole good girl, people pleasing was mm. such, <laughs> such a heavy backpack I carried on my shoulders for most of my life. And I was able to go back and identify two and a half years old was the first time I consciously remember an experience of that that was very significant in my life. And so for somebody that I'll just say is listening to us and thinking, okay, I know I have a few masks <laughs> that I am looking to shed, uh, which, you know, could even be a very important part of their weight release process anyways. Right. But, you know, I'll just stay with the topic here and they perceive say fear of, let's just say coworkers reacting to them, spouses reacting to them. <laughs> as you start to say no to things that you don't feel inspired to do, help us reframe that. Like, what does it mean to say no to someone when you're saying yes to yourself? Mm, so like 
the guilt and shame of saying no is that or even or even the fear sometimes of losing friends or losing coworkers and things like that from taking some of those masks and just being being yourself as we're talking about ah uh, so in my own experience uh when i've said yes to things that i'm truly not inspired to or um just really don't resonate with the the felt experience and emotions are automatic like it yeah. they're there right and so it's either having that internally <laughs> or you know having someone else feel that that you said no to them and here's the thing you you may not even know that that's how they're going to respond that's a story that's a speculation yeah. and so is that even true and why like you you actually don't know how they're going to respond and the more you're able to just experience so say you are feeling like fear or you're feeling guilty about saying no to someone feel it breathe it and then what you'll notice it'll actually pass right mm-hmm. and then how you show up you know you know when someone um you can see this like in dogs after they've like terrorized the house or like little kids who've like done something quote unquote wrong. And then they come out like, Oh, like they feel guilty. Yeah. Notice how their, their way of being is very different when they're telling mom and dad versus say they did something, they said, no, they, you feel the guilt and shame. And then your, your way of being, since it's no longer even there, you're showing up differently in the conversation to say no. So I would recommend like, if you are having a hard time saying no, really feel and breathe up the emotions of that experience and allow it to move through you and then pass and then do what you want to do because you're going to show up completely differently. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I can even like the dog analogy is perfect because I can think of our family dog and like how, how her facial expressions change when she knows. <laughs> that she does she knows she's not so good. Right. So it's very interesting. The whole present, it's almost like the strategy there, right? Of looking a little cuter, looking a little sad, just so that she's preparing you for what you're about to see. <laughs> so when we see her doing that, we look for a mess somewhere because we know it probably just happened. So that's very, very interesting. Um, and the other thing is that too, like in terms of it, that story that we basically project of how somebody else would react, right? Which may not even be the case. But what if it is the case? So I just say, you know, we say no to, I don't know, a spouse about something that we don't want to do or that we want them to do that we are going to participate, something like that, to our boss, maybe even more so. And let's just say they react poorly, right? Okay. One of the things that I know we've talked about in the past is the fact that we are never really denying somebody of their rights yeah. to anything, right? They have a choice of how to react. But also there's going to be some hidden benefits to them of us saying no to them. So how can somebody use this strategy to start to really equalize their perception, those stories that they're projecting on the other person? Oh, totally. So if you're going to have a conversation with your boss and you perceive they're not going to be happy, have the conversation, they're not happy or in your perception or interpretation. Uh, So there's a, a sidebar there. Uh, what you can do is how is me saying no for them? How does that benefit them? And you'll begin to see when you ask those questions that there are going to be some benefits and maybe it's going to open another conversation that wasn't even possible if you hadn't said no. Now, 
the key here is when you're having that conversation is being present. And when you're doing it, notice the stories that you're creating. So let's, uh, let's use the example of he reacted badly. Well, what specifically did he do that you're perceiving as reacted badly? He um, put his hands on his hip. He said, you know, I don't like that. And then get really present to what your mind, what stories your mind is creating. I'm bad. I shouldn't have done that. Did that person actually say that? Or again, is that speculation and a story you're creating around a specific action? And so this also opens up the room for more conversation and honest conversations with people of, you know, you go to your boss, you say, no, I'm not doing this. He says, I really don't like that. Well, what, what do you, uh, what's a, what's your perspective? Why don't you like that? And, and then it actually opens up the conversation to get really clear on what their expectations are, or what they want. Whereas if in your head you said, okay, no, I'm not going to um, do that. He said, uh, I really don't like that. And then, you know, you stormed off and then made all these stories of what had happened that may not actually be true. So by being present, looking at what's going on, it can actually open up the conversation for, um, you know, coming up with alternatives that maybe would have never been possible. And also seeing how, uh, like you said, um, looking at, well, how is this for them? How does this actually benefit them? Because there's both support and challenge in every moment. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think too, that concept that even not just for the confrontation, but even just for even getting what you want, which is really the theme here, you know, using the boss example a little further, even by understanding, always looking for what is the benefits to the other person in whatever interaction, should it be family relationship or even self, right? I think it really opens, like for me, at least it really neutralizes my expectations of how they're going to react. Because if I feel really solid that by being, by doing X, Y, and Z, that they are benefiting in this form and that form, even how we present an idea to them feels different. Like instead of saying no to them, we're actually, it, it doesn't feel like denying them of something. It just feels presenting like a different avenue, very much like you said. And um, my late um, advisor, when I did my master's, that was one of the qualities that he really had that he was somebody that said no to a lot of us grad students back then many times through speaking in our values. So it never felt like a no. It just always felt like a potential other way for you to think about. And it was so empowering. I remember that so well because he was aware of what was important to each of us and how to get the best of both worlds for both sides, right? And I think it is a strategy that kind of relates to all of these things like so deeply. But I think, like I said, the root of everything that you've been talking about that I can, you know, that I heard the theme a few times, you know, through being present is really feeling your feelings, right? I think that is really the big, (laughs) I'd say, exercise that comes through practicing presence that you said, because a lot of times when, for me, at least when I make the stories and I have those crazy expectations, it is in part suppressing as well. Like instead of feeling the things, I already go to worst case scenario in my mind and stay there, marinate there, right? So uh, so that'll be my kind of final question for you. Yeah. In terms of how can somebody know that they are feeling their feelings and processing them versus suppressing them and just going into storyland? 
Mm, yeah. So you'll be in your body, right? And this is, this can be really tricky for, you know, people like myself who I love being in my mind. I love, you know, thinking, Same. strategizing, all of that. And when I go to actually experience what I'm feeling, I go to my body and I can feel the sensations. I can feel where the fear is. I can feel where sadness is. I can feel where, um, you know, uh, anger is. And when I'm able to see that shift and move, my breathing changes, I notice a physiological shift in my body. And all of a sudden there's this space that opens up. It's like, it, this is something you, you'd have to experience to be able to explain it, but it's like the space opens up and all of a sudden there's like new possibilities. There's new ways of being, there's new ways that you can take action towards. Whereas oftentimes when you're stuck in your mind and you're trying to feel your emotions through your mind, mm-hmm. nothing changes. And, you know, you hear the quote uh, by Einstein, you can't solve um, a problem with the same mind that created it. Yeah. If you have the same outcomes and you're thinking the same thoughts, it's likely that you're trying to think your way through feeling. But when you get in your body and actually experience it and experience that shift, like, you know, it, it's there. It's, it's completely different. It's changed. New ideas come up, creativity, inspiration. You have a physiological response. That's when you know that you actually felt versus intellectualizing. Oh, such a brilliant way to answer this. Love it. So, so, so good. And thinking of myself as an example for this, like the most I'll say common experience I have of that is with fear, <laughs> which I know, you know, but for the listeners, maybe they know too, if they've been listening to the podcast for a while, but out of the three, like anger is probably the emotion growing up that I was angering fear, the two that I was most comfortable with <laughs> coming from Brazil and, you know, very hot country. But I would say fear is the one that I have worked the most on myself when understanding, dissolving, shifting, emerging through it. And for me, it's like right on my solar plexus and it tightens Mm -hmm. really tight to the point that my core muscles shake. And that Mm -hmm. is just a very clear reaction. So if I'm trying to make a decision of something really big, say a major career, not change, but like a shift or I don't know, something big. If I get presence, like you said, that is exact. If I'm afraid, that is where it feels. Or if I receive, say, bad news and I need to respond to it, you know. And what I have noticed is that through breathing as well, which is no slightly different technique than what you use, I call it like leaning into it. So I keep breathing and feeling it, and the muscles are shaking <laughs> in my in my you know belly area, and it's almost like I feel myself leaning into it and telling my nervous system that I'm safe. Right. Mm. And it has been so incredible because now as other quotations, fearful situations arise, a small part of my brain knows that there is a way to feel safe through it. Whereas before I didn't have that skill, right? Like I just felt fear, panic, run away, (laughs) five, five or freeze, (laughs) which is interesting because I think the space that I'm creating for myself from how you described it is that certainty that there is always safety, even through moments of fear, right? Uh, so I find that's very interesting. And it is somewhat new to me in the last you know, couple of years, even using my body as a way to connect because I'm very much you know, intellectualizing everything as well <laughs> from what you said. And I think a lot of our listeners are too. So this is a very interesting process. So 
um, the final question for you today, Dr. Shelby, is for people that are listening to this and feeling inspired to reach out to you, find you online, connect with you, and work with you in some of those areas, what are the best ways for them to find you? Awesome. And I'll add one thing. Yes. What if getting what you want and more of what you want was actually just about creating that feeling of safety? It could be through breath in your body. And that was the key. What if everything that stops us from taking those actions we know are going to get us to that next level literally comes down to creating and cultivating this feeling and experience of safety in our body so that then our mind can literally come down and notch and be like, okay, you can take that action. You can do this. You, I trust that you will and and can follow through. There's that sense of trust, right? And it's all about creating safety within the body so that the mind can also agree and then begin to move forward. Mm. Wow. Thank you for adding that. That is so special. Love it. Awesome. Um, so with that said, if you are looking to get more of what you want and you'd like to be able to be with what you don't want, um, this is something I'm an expert in and have spent over a decade researching the the best tools, uh, that are out there and something I love really helping people with. So you can find me, um, I have my coaching website, uh, it's drshelbyhson.com. Uh, if you're looking for a more body experience, uh, I'm a neurostructural chiropractor and that is empowerchirokw.com. And of course I'm on, uh, all the social media. So feel free to, um, send me a message and we can have a conversation. That's wonderful. And I'm going to make sure to put all the links below in the show notes so that it's easy for people just to click below, uh, and find a way to reach you. Thank you so much for your time, for being so generous with sharing your expertise and for, you had so many golden like nuggets here that I'm just like planning to re-listen to this several times myself. So thank you so much as always for a brilliant conversation. I really appreciate you. So good to see you. Love you, girl. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.